Hello, welcome to From the Rookery End. It is Sunday evening. Uh, Mike is with me. Good afternoon. Good evening, Mike. It's FA Cup quarter final week. Hello, John. How are you? Hola, you're, you're Chipper. Uh, and Colin. Yeah, good evening. <laughs> now, if someone's looking forward and someone's remembering a game of football that happened yesterday where Watford lost uh, away at Manchester City 3 1, uh, which we're going to talk about in this podcast, as well as look ahead to the FA Cup quarter final uh, that is coming up next weekend. Let's, let's kick off with before the kickoff. The, the team came out, seven changes. Mike, I looked at it and I sort of went, huh, sensible. Did you, did you have a similar reaction? I was pleased, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the pre-match talk was, and in the previous weeks about how he, uh, Grathier and, and and Watford, is about how he keeps the same team, how he keeps the same sort of eleven, keeps the same tactics. If you do the same thing away at Manchester City, there's going to be one result, and it ain't going to be pretty um, for those with the yellow and black persuasion. So, for him to to mix it up was sensible for two reasons: a for the obvious tactics that he had in mind and be mixing up a little bit with the with the cup quarter final on the on the horizon the chances of of us getting any we have to be realistic in this life the chances of us getting anything from the etihad were always going to be small the gulf in class in financial uh, well we, perhaps we won't discuss the financials but <laughs> the gulf between the two clubs that is and it's uh, we won't pro- probably best not to discuss the gulf either actually thinking about it but the, the difference between Watford and Man City is, is extraordinary and it's almost insurmountable now I know other people have got results. Palace have gone up there and got a result this year. That is an anomaly. So Gracia had to have he had to change something, uh, and I think he did it. I think it was the right decision, uh, and I was pleased to see it. it. And you know, really, as a Watford supporter of someone that supports a a mid Premier League team, that they've made the right decision. Where when you get pundits gnashing their teeth, oh Liverpool will have something to say about this. Said one, and I think. Um, Geordie was listening to it on the radio and he said that, um, was it Michael Bridge who was on, on, on with Sam Matterface said, um, if Watford don't get a result here, Javi uh, Grassi will have some questions to answer. And I'm like, come <laughs> on, mate. If Watford don't get a result at Man City, Javi uh, Grassi is going to get... I mean, I, I quite like that. It means we've tried something different. It means Javi's shuffled his pack. Uh, people have noticed... Um, and and we, were, we, we weren't just turning up to be lambs to the slaughter. I liked it. I was pleased. Did the game go as we hoped? Almost. Almost. Well, we'll get to the rest of the game in a minute. But Colin, that first half, have he shuffled his pack and he, he dealt his cards? What did those cards look like? How did you sort of see us playing? And was it was it pleasurable or was it just the fact pleasurable that we didn't didn't score? We went in nil-nil? Well, I don't know if Javi's been listening to the podcast, but... Um... <laughs> I've been crying out for a third central midfielder for for weeks, particularly when we play the big sides, because we tend to get overrun. Even when we play some of the teams around us, they they know that we play Decore and Capu, and they tend to put extra men in the centre to 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 make it difficult for them to overrun us a little bit. So cleverly came in. Um, I don't think he's a Watford reserve, by the way. He's an ex England international, and so he came in alongside Capu and Decore with three, and then four behind. And okay, the changes back there were a were perhaps a bit strange because he, he swapped Cathcart and Mariapa for Britos, who hasn't started a, a Premier League game. So once again, it's a bit of a baptism of fire for him uh, alongside Cabaselli. And then Messina instead of Holobas, which I think was a very sensible move because Holobas is, you know, we know the irascible character that he is. And against somewhere like a team like City that are going to have the ball a lot and dominate and not let him get forward, or he won't have the chance to get forward, he can lose his he can lose his uh, equilibrium. Let's put it nicely, <laughs> and you could he could easily become a casualty in that game. So I think putting Messina in, who is quicker 
than Holobas. And let's face it, Holobas is 32, played a lot of games, so it's no, no problem him having a rest. On the other side, we had Yanmat, and then in front of him, we had Kiko instead of what would normally be either Hughes or Delafeo. And on the other side, we had Isaac Success instead of Pereira. So the thinking was clear with Gray up front. If we can get the ball, we've got three men there. Isaac, who's very strong good and good at holding up the ball. Gray, who's very quick. And Kiko, who is also very quick and started his career as a right winger. So it was the idea was that we would tuck in. We'd, make, we'd have a four, then a three. We'd have two wide men who could track back and make a five and one man up front. Now, if that is not the right way to go to play City, if you're Watford, Bournemouth, West Ham, Palace, Brighton, then I don't know what is. Because if you go there and play a 4-4-2 against them, they will tear you to pieces just like Liverpool did when we went to Anfield. So all this talk about, oh, they put the reserves out because they got the cap game, drove me absolutely insane. And what I love about Javi is that after the game, when he's asked, oh, why did you make seven changes? Oh, you, did you just come here and thinking, oh, we're just going to get beat? So he said, I believe in all my players. I have 26 players. They're all really good. I believe in all of them. If I pick them, I trust them to do the job I ask them to do. And in that first 45 minutes, they did it assiduously. Capu was excellent again, marshalling the forces in midfield. Decore was, actually became quite a good outlet. He drifted out to the, to the right-hand side a, a fair amount to pick up the ball. And actually, when we had the ball, we didn't use it too badly. We just didn't really have the belief that, that we, could, we could do something. And, it did, and that belief, normally, if you get a couple of good runs with the ball, the belief will grow. That didn't quite happen. And in the second half, we were a lot scrappier. But, so I thought the first half was like, it was just like they executed the plan perfectly. There was one header from Aguero that he missed. There was a couple of saves that Ben had to make, but they stifled them. They frustrated them. They slowed them down. And on the on the television, as how I was watching the game, they were saying, oh, Man City are passing it very slowly. They need to pick up the tempo. It's like, well, they couldn't pick up the tempo because there was no space for their players to run into. So I thought it was a tactical masterclass, which was then rather sadly uh, upset by a decision that came early in the second half. Well, let, let's let's move on to that. But, but I think the other one I want to say is about the tactical thing that Watford did very well was to wear those green shirts. You say that they weren't filling <laughs> the gaps. It looked like there were lots of gaps because it was really hard to see the Watford players. And I'm not <laughs> colourblind uh, on that on that pitch. Just to c- cover off that first half, I thought Watford did use the ball well. I think Colin's absolutely right. And I think early on, Successco had looked like he had the bit between his teeth and he drew a foul from Kyle Walker and he got, he got yellow card. And I thought, oh, hang on, this is... This is going to be interesting. And I thought Watford looked, they didn't really carve much out, but they did move the ball around like we know Watford can. And perhaps it was a little bit of lack of belief. Um, but I think they, they, I think everyone went into that second half at half time thinking we might nick something here because they had moved it around quite nicely. Success looked lively. Um, and, and what annoyed me, and perhaps it was a precursor to, to what we're just about to discuss, but Tom cleverly got a booking for, for, for a challenge that was never, ever, ever even remotely close to being a booking. And he just thought, you're evening things up. He's, he's booked Carl Walker earlier, which was the correct decision because he uh, success was motoring. He was through and he was he was cynically brought down by Carl Walker. It would have been a it would have been a free it would have been a yellow card all day long. And Cleverly's was just I thought, oh, you've just kind of taken Cleverly a bit out of the game there because. He's, he's snapping around and he, he can't do what he does so well on, on a yellow card. And I also thought that the... Was it Cleverly that went down in the box? Um, I thought if that's the, if Sergio Aguero, that's a penalty. Mm. Just no question about it. it. It wasn't a penalty. He went down. He did look for it. Um, so you can you draw your own conclusions. He, the ref got it right. But you do think other way around, he, his whistle's in his mouth before he, he's even touched the touched the floor. And I think... 
it was just a bit disappointing. You just get those little glimpses, don't you? And I hate being that guy that thinks, oh, the little club doesn't get the doesn't get the rub of the green. But it just felt there's those little, and you do cling on to things when when it is such one way traffic in in that first forty five minutes. You do tend to notice the the things that go against you. But um, yeah, on, on the on the positive, the defensive work was was extraordinary, was exemplary. And yeah, I thought they moved it around quite nicely, and I was pleasantly surprised uh, at some of the movement and some of the passing. Yes, we didn't we didn't get any finished product, but it looked, you know, we're a team in progress, aren't we? We're a work in progress, and I thought we we sort of we were in that game probably more than people might might give us credit for. I was I was impressed with that first half. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans. for Watford fans from the rookery end. The second half began, and very very quickly. Uh, almost instantaneously, uh, it, it, the game completely changed. Now, it, it could be argued that this is Manchester City, and as Mike said, the, the gulf between us and them is huge, and at some point or another, they would have beaten us. But it's the feeling of, and maybe this is because I, I don't know what it would be like to be in the in the crowd. I watched it on television in the pub with a bunch of Watford fans, and the, the fact that we can replay it over and over again, and the fact that the, the referee that BT Sport have came on with his opinion, it really came home for me like this is why I don't want VAR I don't want VAR for nitpicking he was offside the linesman saw him offside as you would see in a high speed game and attack that's the most important thing let's not I don't want to get bogged down with the fact that you know Yamat had was slightly further forward it did hit him you know he was you know intentionally playing the ball whatever that that stuff will only actually be really pretty picked up if there is VAR and you go back to it, which is that what BT did with their, their professional referee. Um, the, but the, you know, it's the, the fact that that moment and the hoopla that went with it was the reason we then probably got let a second goal in very, very quickly. But I don't, like I say, it's just, it's, I think what I'm more, the forget me being a Watford fan. I was just so frustrated, Mike, at the fact that this was, that, 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 that we are going to be living in a world soon where we're going to be picking apart, Oh, a foot forward, not a man yeah. forward. It's just not the law. It's not what the law of the offside rule. Yeah, but the, but the argument for. is that if that if we had had VAR, that goal wouldn't have been. Well, no, you say uh, that. Wouldn't you have say been that, but actually, the way that the I think maybe the the, the, the bit the way the referee, um, I think everyone went silent when he started talking. I can't remember what the, what the referee's name is, but the 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 ex referee they have in at BT Sport, he picked up blah 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 blah. And he said, and as you can see, yeah, Matt. Played the ball through, or it hit him, and and and, and yeah. But after mind. the game, he changed his mind. Oh, did he? In oh. The, yes, they interviewed him after the game, and he said actually, it's clear that Sterling is moving towards the ball and is attempting yeah. to play the ball. Therefore, the defender has to make a challenge. Otherwise, he can't just say, "Well, I think he's offside, so I'm not going to make a challenge." And then, if he's not offside, he scores, and he looks like an idiot. So, because Sterling runs towards the ball, yeah. Then he's therefore yeah. he is offside. He's active and he's offside. If that is not offside, John, yeah. then there's, we might as well scrap offside okay. and not have it at all, and just have goal hangers standing on the line. Which is the reason that we offside was invented was to stop goal hanging. And the way they've tinkered with it now, it's encouraging goal hanging. You see it at free kicks, three players standing offside. Yeah, I mean, the one, uh, the the one at Newcastle. I mean, it's astonishing that these things don't get given. There were, I mean, I'm no lover of Marco Silva, <laughs> as you know, and it was it was cruel that they should lose like that. There were five Newcastle players offside, and the goal was still given. And our one, 
He has to go across to the linesman who has correctly given Sterling offside to tell him that he wasn't active because Yamat kicked the ball against him, even though he's running towards the ball and they simultaneously make a play for the ball. Now, if that isn't offside, I, I just give up. I, I think the rule needs to be rewritten. We need to go back to something more traditional, whereas if you're in an offside position, whether you're active or not, you're offside and that's that. And John, John's point about VAR is, is equally simple. I agree with offside. I think I described it, you know, the ref had to perform some incredible mental gymnastics to give that as onside, didn't he? It's clear as day. He's offside. He's interfering. It's, 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 that's what offside's for. But John's original point, I think, is a good one, is that it's all been... The VAR should help the game, in theory, but they've ballsed it up so dramatically in terms of, <laughs> of, of not being clear and defined into, A, when it's going to be used. No one knows when it's going to be used. The fans in the ground still don't know what's going on. Um, and there's too many times when it's open to, to interpretation, which is, for, for a supposedly black and white system is obviously completely incorrect. So to answer John's original question, yes, I agree that it's it's bad for us as football supporters because now we're talking about, well, look, as you can quite clearly see there, the um, left toe of his Adidas Predator is <laughs> 6.4 centimetres ahead of the, uh, the centre-back, yeah, therefore he's clearly exactly. offside. What a load of old uh, nonsense. No one wants that. Um, so they need to be using it for clear... And it needs to be clear and decisive and it needs to be used not in the Europa League and the Champions League and then not in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup, but in the Premier League. Across the board, in the top flight, I understand why they can't use it in in the lower divisions. There's obvious reasons why not. But the fact of that it's being used in some FA Cup matches and not others. What a complete yeah, load of nonsense. So, John, to yeah. answer your original point, yes, we're being let down badly uh, as football supporters uh, with the whole VAR thing as a whole. It should be something that's helpful, something like we're, we're going to get the scoreboard shows, we're going to check upstairs, we're checking for this, whether the ball went over the line, whether this has happened, the answer is going to be yes or no, uh, and there's a red light or a green light, and, and, and on we go. As it stands, it isn't happening, and that confusion is leading to rubbish decisions like last night, where Paul Tierney, Etihad on, on Saturday night, where Paul Tierney was thinking things through so much that he talked himself into the wrong decision. Exactly when if, right. if, if, exactly if he just right. relaxed and trusted his linesman's, um, trusted his linesman's judgment and, and got on with it 10 years ago, that's offside. No one blinks an eye. Also, 12, I think it's really months bad ago. man management on the part of a referee. It's bad man management because we complain as football fans quite often when we see linesmen not giving decisions. You know, we say, why doesn't the linesman just flag? What's he looking at the referee for? Whether it's a, a throw in this way or that way or whether it's an offside. And in this instance, the, the linesman made a clear decision. He'd made his decision and the ref should have backed him up. He shouldn't undermine his own team by going over and talking himself into changing his mind. It's absolutely insane. It's ne I've never seen it happen before, ever. Unless, unless there's something very outlandish that's got nothing to do with the linesman. So there was, it came off a Watford player before it went into Sterling or something like that, that the referee's seen, which the linesman can't see. But in this instance, you know, if you're a team, the referee should just trust his linesman to say, OK, you've, you've called that offside. That's offside. No goal. Uh, free kick to Watford. He shouldn't go over. It creates havoc on the pitch as well. The players start arguing. The the fans in the stands start arguing. It's just it was a really really bad piece of refereeing, and I hope he learns from it. Well, let's move on. Let's because we need to go back to a happier place. Let, uh, what for goals coming? That, that's something to be happy about. Uh, <laughs> it didn't come straight away because, as we've already said, the second and a third Manchester City uh, goal came, uh, and let's forget about those. But then <clears throat> there was half an hour to go. 
uh, and Harry made uh, what I would call an amazingly positive uh, move by putting on Delafeu and Dini. And within how many seconds, Colin, was it? 21. 21 seconds. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> in goes a goal from, from Jerry D. And he hasn't had, uh, he did a, not, not a lot of love from Watford fans this week, has he, uh, uh, Mike? Well, he did. He made an immediate impact on the pitch, but he also made a, a, a bit of an impact in, in the week, didn't he? Some Watford supporters were a little bit miffed. He was quoted in, a, in an interview as saying how Watford is, he views Watford as a stepping stone and he, and he wants to be at a bigger club. Watford aren't a big club, was I think his quote, and, he, and he's trying to play his way into, into, a, um, into, a, an, into an upgrade, in effect. And I was surprised to see quite a few Watford fans take umbrage at that. Um, and perhaps it was the sort of starkness of the language. Often that happens when it's, when it's translated. But lads and lasses, come on, if you can't understand... We, we talked last week about Swiss Ramble and his, his long um, in-depth analysis as to Watford's finances and still recommend to, to go and check that out if you, if you haven't. It's a real long in-depth look at Watford's finances. Go and do that. But this isn't rocket science. Watford's model is very, very simple. Go and find a player, make him better, sell him. That's it. That is it in black and white. That's how Watford operate in this world. So if you're going to get your knickers in a twist about Gerard Delafeu saying publicly that he wants to move on at some stage, then you're going to find the next couple of years very, very difficult because that's what happens. Perhaps, like I say, giving, giving people the, the benefit of the doubt, it might be the starkness of the language, but come on, we're big boys and girls. We know what's going to happen. And I don't understand why, why, why he gets the he gets the sort of brickbats when people are, and Decore's had it to a, a degree as well, I suppose. But come on, we just need to accept that that's that's what's going to happen. I agree with that, and I think we should look at it from the other end of the telescope and just understand how lucky we are that he's with us and he hasn't gone to Everton, West Ham, Bournemouth. Uh, or Palace, or a team like that, that he thinks that Watford is the right club for his the next stage of his development. We get the benefit from that. This season, it may well end with a with a you know with a Thursday night games in various far flung places in Europe. It may do. I think it's still a bit of an outside bet that. But and he will have helped us to do that, as will Decore have done, as will uh, Pereira, who's another one that there has there's been talk of uh, possibly moving, although he's had he hasn't said anything. But I think it's. I think we're all grown ups. I think Delafeu, who was brought up at Barcelona, who's played for AC Milan, he wants. He feels that he's good enough to play regularly in champion for a team that plays in the Champions League. Now that is not Watford, and we bought him for thirteen million. If if we can improve him over the next season, season and a half, and we sell him for forty million back to one of those clubs, one of those established Champions League clubs, where's where's it's a win win. That's why we get the benefit of, of watching him play. We get the benefit of him scoring a hat trick or scoring winning goals, and then off off he goes. To, and we should we should pat him on the back and say cheers, mate. Thanks very much. And Colin, may, may I just say that's not Watford yet. Champions League weekend, no, not, <laughs> not yet. yet. Not yet. But going back to going back to his 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 impact yesterday, and I think you're right, John. It was positive to bring those guys on at that stage. You could argue the games the games done and dusted. Let's keep those guys in cotton wool and keep them fresh for for Saturday. But it was positive, and it and it bore instant fruit, didn't it? With a it was quite a nice goal actually wasn't it we sort of took we we waltzed our way through Manchester City and um and scored before anyone had realized what's happened but what I loved about that and Delafeu got the ball back raced back to the center yeah. spot yeah let's go again and it's only it's a bit of tokenism perhaps but that that kind of shows that there's still belief in the team away at Manchester City with a two facing a two goal deficit they believe they can do something um so I enjoyed Delafeu's um, impact yesterday. I thought it was it was bold by by Javi. I was pleased to see them come on. 
pleased to see that instant impact. And and yeah, I think his his quotes in the week. We just if you don't like it, you're just going to have to have to get used to it. But hopefully, as time goes on, people will, the players will see us less as a stepping stone and more somewhere more somewhere where they can st- st- spend a, a longer portion of their career. We qualify for Europe on a regular basis. We go deep into cup competitions. Watford's going to be a place people want to be. So in the near future, maybe that's going to be the case. But we know our model. That's how it works. We need to get used to it. And I think I think Watford fans have been, um, on the whole, we've been quite good at keeping our feet on the ground. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater when things go, go wrong. We know we're not going to have it all our own way. But I think it is... It is easy to get comfy in the Premier League. It is easy to get used to to big wins and and having decent players at, at the club. So let's not let's not be that we, we've moved on from taking it for for granted. We, we've moved on from saying we're little old Watford. We need to remember how far we've come because we've we've set a set a marker now. We feel like we have arrived a little bit, but it's a slippery slope if you start taking it for granted. Um, so I think as fans, we need to carry on being realistic, carry on keeping our feet on the ground, understanding how we operate and, and just getting behind them, really. Come on, you want it? Colin, the last 20 minutes, I think when I when we were 3 nil down and we went to 3-1, the dream started to come back of a 4-3 win for Watford. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> a strong thing, but hey, there was a glint in my eye. Um, oh, but John, actually, what did, so you, <laughs> but what, did we, what did you want out of this last 20 minutes? What did you want to see in the last 20 minutes or half an hour that... You know, we haven't seen we hadn't seen against Liverpool, and that you sort of want to see today to possibly see again against Arsenal, Chelsea, and Manchester United. Almost forgetting about the crazy fifteen minutes at the beginning of the second half, and remembering the performance that we had in the first half. Well, I think the most important thing about the last twenty minutes is that we didn't concede any more goals. We carried on defending well, and. They slightly got a bit kind of, in, they slipped back into third gear City when they were three nil up. And even at 3 1, they're a bit like, yeah, all right, we, you know, you're not going to do anything. And we, we, we huffed and puffed a bit and we got the ball forward a bit more. Uh, and, uh, and obviously, we, we got our goal. But the most important thing was not to score the goal at 3 1, then fly forward, send everyone up, and then lose 5 or 6 1, which could easily have happened because they can score a goal literally in a heartbeat. They're mm. that good. And so I think coming away with the 3 1 win is hard because of the decision for the first goal. And then that totally discombobulated the whole match plan. They just all sort of, I mean, the concentration was was ruined and, and they, they conceded a couple of goals. Then to get a goal, I think really will help us uh, for the coming weekend. It, it, I think they reminded themselves that actually we're all right. We're a good side. We've got good players. We can score goals against these these uh, these players. We, you know, and but you know, Man City away is the toughest game of the season. And I think to not concede, to keep a clean sheet, if you want to put it that way, in the last twenty minutes was really important to the morale of the side, uh, as well as getting getting the one consolation goal. From the rookery end. We talked about the heavy, bad, poor, stupid, whatever your decision you want to call it that the referee made at the beginning of the second half. Um, and, and yeah, the question was, is VAR uh, the thing forward? Uh, and as you know, uh, we like to go to the oracle of all things football uh, and find his opinion out on a weekly basis. Mike's surname is Parkin and he's a son called Arlo. And this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. 
It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Okay. Glad to hear it. Now, yesterday's game, Watford-Man City, Watford lost 3-1, but the first goal was a bit contentious. Something's been brought in to deal with these things. Can I ask you, do you know what a VAR is? Yeah. What is it? So it's, let's say, a penalty. They needed to check if it was in the box, and it's a computer that shows you a replay of it. Good, so that's a very good description. What do you think of VAR? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? In the middle. Not too good, not too bad? Yeah. So we're in FA Cup quarter-final week now, of course. One last question. Watford v Palace on Saturday, 12-15 kick-off. FA Cup quarter-final. What's going to be the score? Watford 3, Palace 1. We're on our way to Wembley. Thanks, Arlo. Let's see you at Wembley, Hornets. Let's go! Nice. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Mike, we go into the FA Cup quarter final. I always like it when you can get uh, a fraction into an FA Cup game. It means you've gone a decent amount. Uh, It might be the sixth round, but we can say quarter now. Uh, It is an exciting game because it's just what it is. Does it, for you, is the Crystal Palace thing another level? Yeah, it really is. What, in terms of it being a cup quarterfinal? No, just being Crystal Palace, or being a quarterfinal and Crystal Palace. If, if, yeah, if, if example, like the quarterfinal got you to eight, level eight, because we have to say there's got yeah. some, some headroom for the semi and the final. Does Crystal <laughs> Palace sort of take it to nine and ten? Yes, this is a level above. I'm, I'm super excited for it. It's, a, it's the, you could say, um, at the risk of uh, hyperbole, it's the biggest game of the season. I think, I think it probably is. And when the cup draw was made, I made a mental decision, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to park that now. The game isn't for three weeks or so. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. And the reason I did that is because I knew as soon as I started thinking about it, I got butterflies. I get anxious. I want to win this game so, so, so much. A, because it's a quarterfinal, and B, because it's a quarterfinal against Crystal Palace. We know in games that matter against those guys, we've come up short far too often over the last um, five or six years or so. So I literally trained myself not to think about this game and, you know, focused on Man City, focused on Leicester and made those the, you know, like a real football um, supporter should, focusing on the next game. We just play play the next game. But now it's here. And I'm tingling already, just thinking about it. That you can't hide from it anymore. You can't pretend it's not a massive game. You can't pretend that it's not a um, a grudge match against Palace because it is. And we've heaped, um, we've sort of added to that with the with the whole support thing with and, and not giving them the full allocation. It's cup quarter final week, and I am absolutely buzzing. I'm nervous. I'm tense, but I'm excited, and that's what we want to be having going into sort of March. In, uh, in in the season, isn't it? Usually at this time, the past three seasons certainly we've been like, Ugh, we're safe, but this is a bit, this is a bit, bit sort of dull and, and and frustrating, and we're already looking forward to summer. Now, you know, all our spidey senses are tingling, aren't they? I think everyone, I think I can probably speak to everyone. Once the final whistle blew yesterday at, at the Etihad or on on Sunday at the Etihad, everyone was like, right, Palace. Let's do this. And yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's exciting. But I'm so, so nervous. I'm so tense. But that's great, isn't it? Um, it, it Flo is. had a Flo had, a, had to go for an audition today, a dance audition. I said, look, if you're if, and she was nervous and she was talking about it. I said, look, that's great. It means you care. And 
that's why I'm nervous about this game because I care I care deeply about it. I just I really want it to do. Flip of a coin, anything could happen. Um, I think the crowd are going to be important. Think back to that Burnley quarterfinal that we had at home. That was a similar game in as much as you know the the, the bookmakers probably they probably couldn't split us, um, but the crowd was really noisy that day. Got us over the line. It was a really really scrappy match. Um, Watford won two 0 and got through. So I'm hoping it can be something like that again. But yeah, just I I'll just want it here now. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited about it from the fact that I think it, it you know it is the most important game of the season, as you said. But why? Because if we don't go through, there isn't a huge amount. There won't there won't be any more important, important, vital games. Doesn't seem to be. There'll be more important well, games. There's possibility of that Wolves game being something, but also it might yeah. not. And I just want a little bit more in the season. And and I think the FA Cup game. A run into the semis will not just keep the feeling of excitement going but also it will keep the boys and the team going and that's the most important thing for me for the rest of the season isn't just hey we've got to finish the season off and try and finish seventh it, but we said it before, so many so many times before it's the fact that from the last few seasons we've done nothing and we've been dribbling out like a <laughs> little bit of snot out of a child's nose <laughs> and and that's what it's felt like I just don't want that and I want it to be even 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 better than than last year and that would be with an FA Cup run and a run in the league I know there will be important games like I said like the Wolves game the West Ham game could could be decisive with a place in Europe who knows but that's that's well, I, more than anything that's what I want I think I think I need to do need to pick you up on that, John. I do think that if we do go out of the FA Cup, then I, do, I don't think it's season over. I still think there's an awful lot to play for, and you sort of, I think you're playing down a little bit that that chase for seventh. And I think that's why there is so much excitement still around um, us Watford supporters at the moment because Wolves. Um, it looked like they were going to get a point at Chelsea. They got pegged back, and you're watching those results and listening to those results, knowing they have a bearing on our season. Yeah, and that just hasn't that hasn't been the case before. And we're looking around to see what other people are going to be doing. Oh, can we pick up points here, pick up points there? Um, goal difference might might come into play because it is going to be close for that seventh. We hope. And if if we can, if we you know if we do go out of the FA Cup, God forbid, and it's a chance it will happen. I still think this season is could be it could be an incredibly memorable one. Beat West Ham, beat Wolves. Um, perhaps get a, nick a point against Arsenal. We've got other winnable games at, at home. If we finish this season in seventh and don't get to the FA Cup semi-final, if we um, if we end up in in the Europa League next season, make no bones about it. This will be a successful season, and I'll, and I'll be delighted. So, my focus is entirely on the FA Cup for a lot of the reasons you mentioned. We want to be fi- we're fighting on two fronts: the league and in the cup. We're now into cup week, so we need to be focusing on that. We need to be excited about that. We don't need to worry about anything else for me. Exclusively looking forward to the cup. Everyone says it. The sort of the, the draw is opened up a little bit. Obviously, United and City are still in it. United have got a tough draw against uh, Wolves away, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Wolves not not United out. And then if you can avoid City in the semi final, Watford could be in an FA Cup final. We're two matches away from an FA Cup final. I was too young to get there in '84, but can you imagine? Can you imagine? Cup final day, the whole of Watford would be on the train up to Wembley. I'd imagine most people would be going on the Thursday night, um, start start drinking for about 48 hours beforehand in the Green Man, having lunch, breakfast and dinner there for two days ahead of the... Um, and could, you know you know what I'm getting at, I'm over-egging it a little bit, but the all FA the, all Cup All the kids final. will be making rosettes, the town will be yeah, yeah. Yeah. red, yellow and, and, and black across all the shops. You know, that, that, we did see a little bit of that when it came to the promotion run-in. 
Uh, and it is that sort of yeah. thing that can do that extra bit uh, for for the town, not just the you know the focus that we we've had since we were in the sure. Premier League, but real real you know moment that you know I know people don't like them, but you know those fans who who just just look for the score. Uh, every week, not necessarily looking and, and cheer or, or or get on Twitter and, and, and say stupid things about how terrible the world is. You know, they're just fans who just want to know what the, what the score is, and and, and they'll be involved uh, with Watford Football Club uh, if we make it to uh, to the semi final. If, if, if it's most definitely, if we make it to the final, do you, do you fancy the other... Palace? Do I fancy Palace? I mean, they, they've had a little bit of a nice bit of run. They've had some big results, but they they lost against Brighton this week. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're not. They're, you know, they are, as we said, the same as us in in many many ways. They're you know they're never consistent uh, week yeah. in week out. You know, it, it's going to be just going to be messy, isn't it? I think it's going to be a really tough game. And I think they'll be, um, you know, we've had Jim from the Palace podcast on, on our show before. They'll be saying exactly the same thing. This is a winnable game. This is a chance for Crystal Palace to get to the semi-finals. Uh, and again, they'll fancy their chances for exactly the same reasons we would. So it is a real, it's it's almost the perfect cup tie, I guess, because anything could happen. Man City, if you'd drawn Man City or drawn Man United, you would be going in thinking, you know, we might sneak something, we might nick it if, if, the, if the stars align on our day. This day, both teams will go in there confident of getting a result or at least knowing they can get a result and, and nothing weird has to happen for one or the other team to win. And that's what I love about cup football. When it gets to these, um, it's like the postseason, isn't it, in the, in the American sports, they, they tend to be teams that are well-matched. The loser goes home. Um, there's no two ways about it. No second second bites of the cherry, and it, it's it's brilliant. It's really really exciting. Uh, but I think what you were just it was interesting what you were saying there about how, how this will sort of frame Watford and how it frame Watford season. I think it's important that we do get that um, continue to get that um, good reputation, if you like, and get that extra bit of of media coverage because I think that counts. We talked last week about how we're going to replace players that might leave, and I, I think we we agreed that Decore was probably going to leave if the if the right deal comes in. I hope he doesn't. I hope he stays. But if he goes, we're going to have to replace a top six footballer now to attract someone to Watford. It's going to be easier if you finished higher up the league, if you were in, within a sniff of Europe or, or managed to get into, get into Europe, or if you went a long way in the FA Cup, so performed admirably in a cup semi-final or even got to the cup final, for example. So players will look at, oh, you see, the agent was going to go to their player and say, oh, Watford are interested, we've agreed a deal. The player's going to go, mm, what did they get up to? Did they finish, you know, they finished in 15th, got knocked out of both cops early. I'll give it a miss. Or we're challenging for Europe. Uh, got in deep into the FA Cup, I, I feel I can add to that. And maybe with me there, um, I can add to that squad and, and take Watford even further. So I think it is really important that we finish the season strongly. Even if we don't end up with any any silverware, even if we don't end up in, in Europe, we have to finish strongly. And I think getting that attention, getting that reputation, enhancing our reputation is almost is up there with with some of what we need to be. That, that should, should be one of our KPIs, if you like, of the season. Making Watford recognised as a saleable as a saleable opportunity opportunity for for decent players because we will be looking to strengthen in the summer, um, and we'll be much much more appealing to the better players if we've done well in our fight to to qualify for Europe and we've done well in the cup and, and got some decent headlines and and had some eyeballs on our football. Oh, you are such a pain, Mike. I'm no, I'm more nervous now. I mean, I was a little <laughs> bit nervous, but I'm even more nervous now. I'm just not, yeah. I know I'm not looking forward to the hours before the game. I'm so glad it's so early. Um, but it's those last few hours before a game. When it kicks off and it's happening, I'm sort of fine. 
But it's that, that thing of just not being in control of anything. You know, I, we've said it before. There's a ridiculous thing when you're trying to follow an away game. You feel more tense because you know you can't control it. Even if you were there, you couldn't control it. But the, the, these big games, my 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 brain and my 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 heart kick into gear much much earlier. So thank goodness it's it's early in the in the weekend. Um, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again next week for uh, well our reaction to Watford at home against Crystal Palace in the quarter final of the FA Cup, uh, and we'll see how that game pans out. Before we before I, we let them go, uh, before we let our listeners go, John, what I would say is if you are at the game on Saturday. Make yourself heard. I know it's, I know it's difficult to to create an atmosphere, but this is a game we really, really need to give it our all. Everyone, clap. Even if you can't sing, if you don't want to join in singing, clap, stamp your feet, um, shout, whatever. We need to make this atmosphere good. And I think I talked about that Burnley game, and and I think the atmosphere that day was it just clicked, and it happens mm. sometimes, and, it, and sometimes it doesn't. But if everyone goes, get up early, go to bed the night before, don't go out on the razzle dazzle. Get yourself fed and watered properly. Have a decent night's sleep and bound out of bed on that Saturday morning. Get yourself to Vicarage Road as early as you can. Drink in the atmosphere, but be a part of the atmosphere. We can do this together. We've talked, we talk a lot about what for being a community club and the spirit there and how the players never give up. Well, let, there's, no real, there's no excuses this time for Vicarage Road not to be bouncing. So everyone that's listening to this podcast, this is a personal plea from me to you. Get there. Be noisy. Get behind the team and let's get Watford to Wembley. Come on, you horns. Come on, you horns.